Happy Thanksgiving Eve, friends. It's still 2020. I understand if you're not feeling especially cheerful or thankful today. However, Brene Brown found that gratitude is the root of joy, not the fruit. I think that lines up nicely with our calendar. The delight of December begins with the reflection of November. Perhaps we do have less to be grateful for this year. Doesn't that just mean we should appreciate our blessings that much more? We're all waiting. But do we have to wait for everything that we are waiting for? I struggle with joy, in no small part because it's the most vulnerable emotion, according to Brene Brown. From that perspective, cynicism is the natural outworking of my risk aversion. Yes, I have low-grade depression because I never expect things to last or improve or succeed, but my heart dies a much slower, quieter death. I hardly notice it because one mind-numbing, yet somehow excruciating, day bleeds into the next. There is no way that's what Jesus meant when he said in John 10.10 that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but he came that we may have life and have it abundantly. This is the same Jesus who said foxes had holes and birds had nests, but he had nowhere to lay his head. I'm going to assume the abundance he had in mind wasn't necessarily or primarily material. How can I have joy when I don't know the rest of my story? Fairy tales are backloaded with glee. It's the endings that are happy. But I'm not there yet. How can I celebrate today? Furthermore, how can I celebrate me being me, namely an imperfect wretch? Here's how. Because joy is not only or mainly a feeling or a reaction or a choice. Love is the first fruit of the Spirit, yes. But love is also a person, capital P. God is love. In the same vein, God is joy, the next fruit of the Spirit. The song I've had on repeat today is You Keep Hope Alive by Mandisa and John Reddick. This is an excerpt from the bridge. There's hope in the morning, hope in the evening, hope because you're living, hope because you're breathing. There's hope in the breaking, hope in the sorrow, hope for this moment, my hope for tomorrow. Sometimes I think choosing joy is essentially self-deception. I'm not okay, but I'm going to put on a fake smile and PTL it. <laughs> nah, let's save the deceit for the father of lies. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So genuine joy isn't fooling myself so I can fool other people into not feeling as bad as the situation objectively merits. How can we rejoice always? By shifting the focus of our joy. Joy is not merely experiential, it's relational. Here's what that means in practice. Joy is not binary. I tend to think we're either joyful or joyless, but remember that fruit begins as a seed. Even when it begins to take its eventual shape, there's much growing to do. Love doesn't peak at first sight. It's supposed to increase over time. The same is true of joy. Our capacity for joy can expand as we grow in intimacy with the Father. You've heard people debate whether the glass is half full or half empty. The Joy FM would instruct you to fill the glass. My friend James would follow that up by saying, get a bigger glass. We shouldn't expect someone who's been walking with Jesus for decades to demonstrate the same, or God forbid less, fruit than someone who's believed for days. That's not okay. But fruit has to be cultivated. It takes time and intention. I don't just mean watering and sunlight and good soil, but unfun things like pruning and fertilizing and pest control. 
There's an amount of joy that we receive for free. It takes no effort on our part. This is God's graciousness to us. But don't mistake that as the extent of his intentions. There's much more where it came from. Every tremor of delight is meant as an invitation. Go deeper. Also a Jamesism. One quick tangent. Another way to jumpstart joy is to rejoice with those who rejoice. When I get low, which is often, one of the things I'll ask someone I trust is to tell me something good going on in their lives. It doesn't change my circumstances, but allows me to get outside of my own skin, to remember that I'm not the only person who matters and that God is still present and effective. I am responsible for my life, so I can't just ignore what's wrong. But joy isn't escapism. It's putting our struggles into their proper context. Everything is not broken. Everything does not suck. As long as I have anything to give thanks for, I have access to joy. P.S. You know who's always joyful? Who'd always love to be rejoiced with? God.